Hey, hi, hello, and what's up? This is the Bell on Ball podcast, and I am your very excited host, the Jazzy Bell. Super happy to be back with you guys. Um, We've missed two weeks. Your girl was sick. Pneumonia tried to take me out, but it did not prevail. Um, First time having pneumonia, wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Uh, Hospital stay and all manner of bullshit. Um... But we're good now. I'm feeling much better. I actually have a voice. I'm not coughing through every other word or breath. So um, we're back and we're in full effect. We've missed two weeks of football action and they were two big weeks. So we're going to dive right in because y'all know I do not like to be long. But we do have tons to talk about. Um, So before we kind of get into what's going on right now, I do just want to rewind back to week three and week four. Um, because they were such big football weeks. Now, going all the way back to week three, um, this was the biggest story that week, of course, was um, y'all's president, because I don't claim that nigga, um, came out publicly in a rally in Alabama and said that he wishes that all the sons of bitches who protest um all the NFL sons of bitches who protest could just be fired. So that was the start of a major, major, major um, week of of backlash, of protests, of um, everybody's eyes on the league to see, you know, kind of what the players and the owners' responses were going to be. Um, and it was it was big. It was huge. Um, all thirty two teams. Um, issued statements, tons of players issued statements during the games. Um, lots of them, you know, took knees. Some whole teams joined arms and stood together in solidarity and all kinds of um, things. Um, my take on this was, you know, while, while it's dope that they, you know, chose to stand up against Donald Trump because he's fuck him anyway i really do hate that this was the cause and the way in which they did it because um you know the the reason why colin kaepernick kneeled and began these nfl protests in the first place was in protest to the way that american people um and the way american police excuse me uh no the way that america treats black people because it's you know it's fucked up so he's like i'm gonna use my platform to let people know that it's fucked up and i feel like with all of these recent kneelings and all these recent anthem quote-unquote protests and locking arms and not covering your heart or whatever the fuck and these shows of unity um completely lost his message and I wasn't a fan of that. I felt like if any pro, if any teams, players, owners, or whoever were, were going to protest in response to what Donald Trump said, they should have made it clearly and plainly know that this is not to spite Donald Trump. But no, this is because we stand with Colin Kaepernick and we believe in what he's been saying this whole time. And we're going to use our platform to let 
everybody know to let the world know that, you know, police brutality and the way that black people are treated in America is just not, it's not going to continue to fly. Um, there were a couple of teams, there were a couple of players who did, um, make sure to include the, the message of, of anti-police brutality of social justice, um, and things of that nature in their statements. And I do want to shout them out. Um, I think the best statement I read came from Cleveland Browns and I don't have it in front of me, but it's something you can definitely look up or Google. Like I said, all 32 teams did make statements. They're all on the record. Um, but yeah, the best one I read was from the Cleveland Browns. They were basically like, you know, police brutality is some real shit. And, you know, you're the president, you of all people, you need to stop focusing on bullshit and realize that, you know, people are, people are trying to get you to focus on the shit that matters. And, and we're trying to get all of us to focus on the shit that matters. And it's, it's really not about this bullshit. Um, I think another one of the things that infuriated me the most about the week three, uh, protests or whatever were, um, were all the people who were saying, um, you know, why are these players protesting the flag and why are they protesting the anthem? Like, let's not, let's not be dense. Not a single player came out and was like, fuck this flag and fuck this song. I hate the national anthem. Oh, I hate the Star Spangled Banner. It's the worst fucking song I ever heard in my life. So fuck it. I'm not gonna, you know, salute any of that shit. They weren't protesting the flag. They weren't protesting the song. They were protesting the social injustice in this motherfucking country. And I really wish that there was a way that we can get that message um, through people's thick ass heads. But, you know, alas, um, it's, it's, it's seeming to go very slow. Um, the protests have, have tapered off. Um, in week four, there were notab- noticeably less um, teams and players, um, with their shows of, of unity and locking arms and all of that, but there were still quite a few. So it's probably going to be something that you'll continue to see, um, through the season. Uh, and I also just want to point out that with all of this, Colin Kaepernick still does not have a job, but we'll get there uh, a little later on. Um, so yeah, that was the, that was the major story from week three. Let me, um, dive in and talk about the meat and potatoes, the games from week three, because there were some crazy games, uh, lots of close games, lots of last minute finishes, a few upsets. So it was a good football week. Um, as things are starting to shake out in the season, we had the 49ers lose to the Los Angeles Rams, who won by two points, 41 to 39 in overtime. Um, the Jaguars beat up on the Ravens. That was an ugly game, uh, 44 to 7. The Jets won another fucking game. Um, they ended up. <coughs> no, I said another game. Excuse me. That was their first win. So. Yeah, this is when, you know, as as every analyst and as I myself famously said, this was supposed to be the year that the Jets did not win a single game. And week three was when they shut us all up and they actually won a game uh, against the Dolphins. And they didn't just like flukely uh, win it either. The score was 20 to six. Um, so, yeah, the Jets shot the shit out of everybody. 
and won a game. Uh, the Giants lost to the Eagles. That was a good game, a really good close game. The score ended up being 27-24. to 24. Uh, The Saints won their first game. Um, they are no longer winless. Their score was thirty-four to thirteen. They beat the Panthers in Carolina. That was a that was a um a shocker. That was upset to a lot of people. We thought the Browns were gonna win a game that week, but they ended up losing to the Colts. The score was thirty-one to twenty-eight. Um the Minnesota beat Tampa Bay. Chicago pulled off upset against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was a great game. Um yeah, like lots of crazy upsets in week three. Now that I'm going back uh, and looking at it and thinking about it, because, um, you know, nobody really pegged the Bears to win that game, even though they've been playing pretty solid football. But when you're talking about the Steelers, like this is supposed to be one of the monster teams. And so that was definitely a game that the Steelers were supposed to win. But nope, they lost. The score was 23 to 17. Buffalo Bills in Buffalo beat the Broncos. The Texans almost beat the Patriots. That was a that was a good ass fucking game. Um, that was one of the ones that I definitely like. I didn't catch it as it was on, but I saw the highlights and then I ended up going back to watch the whole game. Um, they're doing some some really good things in in Houston, and we're gonna um, I'm gonna delve a little bit deeper into that as we go on through the show. But yeah, the Texans almost beat the Patriots at home. The score ended up being thirty six to thirty three. Um, so it was a tight game. It was a close game, but Houston was doing some good shit. And, um, uh, that was when the, the Patriots started to get exposed a little bit. And we're going to talk about that as well. Um, the Seahawks lost to the Titans in Tennessee. Uh, the Bengals and the Packers game was another good one. Um, that one, um, ended up being a really, really close game. Uh, it the score ended up being 27 to 24 again that was another one where I had to like I watched the highlights and then I went back to just watch the whole game because of course you know everybody's always going to be interested in what the Packers are doing and what Aaron Rodgers are doing so I just really wanted to see how the game shook out but um yeah they ended up pulling it out um at the last minute 27 to 24 the Redskins beat the Raiders in Washington and um the Cowboys beat the Cardinals in Arizona so yeah like week three was chock full of upsets chock full of some good ass games um teams like I said are starting to really shake themselves out and we're starting to get a clearer picture of 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 who they are right now um and let me just go ahead and let's just get to week four because that was pretty much it for week three anyway. But what I do want to say is at this point, you know, now we're a quarter of the way through the season. Um, and um, this is the time where a lot of people are making a lot of projections on what teams are going to do based on what they've done for the first four games. Now, this is the time when teams who are um, – who've only won one or two games like if they're going to write their ships this is the time where they kind of have to do it um before they start to like fall off of fall out of you know contention for the postseason and things of that nature so um as it stands right now we have only one team who has not lost a single game that is the Kansas City Chiefs they've won all four games they've played through the season and um there are Four teams with no wins at all. We got the Chargers in L.A., uh, the Cleveland Browns, 
the San Francisco 49ers and most surprisingly the New York Giants um and I think uh the big story there you know nobody really expected the the 49ers to be that great they don't have a ton of personnel they do have a new coach over there with Kyle Shanahan so they have to find their bearings so it's not surprising that they haven't won a game yet Cleveland is Cleveland you know they're uh they're rebuilding not surprising they haven't won a game yet the Chargers eh they you know, they they probably should have won one or two by now. But, you know, here we are. But thing is, about the Chargers, nobody really gives a fuck because they're going to be one of those middle-of-the-road teams anyway where they might, you know, win anywhere from seven to nine games. It's not going to matter. Like, nobody expects them to get to anybody's postseason anyway. But the Giants, you know, tons of analysts and tons of people had them winning the NFC East this year. Like, they were supposed to be that team this year. They were supposed to knock the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Redskins, you know, they are supposed to knock them out. And they're playing, um, like, trash. Uh, they're having – offensive and defensive issues um they've come close to winning two two of the four games but they just couldn't you know things just aren't really going in their favor so uh it might be time to hit the panic button in new york um in week four they uh came really close to beating the bucks um the score ended up being 25 to 23 down in Tampa. Uh, Tampa's a good team, and and the Giants held their own. So you know it's 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 shaky. They're they're making some some not so great. Uh, I think um, mental mistakes, and they're having um, probably I think more defensive issues than they thought they were gonna have this year. But yeah, in week four they lost 23 to 25. Uh, some other week. Four scores. We had the Chiefs and the Redskins. That game was bananas um, in Kansas City. The score was 29 to 20, but it really, it was tied like 20 to 20 up to like the last minute of the game. Uh, the shit was a nail biter. We didn't know what was going to happen. I thought it was going to go into overtime, um, but then the Chiefs ended up um, getting in field goal range. You know, Washington left a little bit too much time on the clock for Alex Smith and them. They got down there, they scored the field goal. Then they end up scoring another touchdown in like the last one second of the game on a fumble recovery. I'm like, that shit was stupid. But anyway, yeah, the Chiefs pulled it out and they remained undefeated 29 to 20. The Seahawks whooped the Colts 46 to 18. The Broncos beat the Raiders. Derek Carr ended up going out of that game with an injury. The Eagles beat the Chargers 26 to 24. 49ers thought they had one, but they lost to the Cardinals 15 to 18. The Jets won another game, 23 to 20. They're sitting at 2 and 2 right now. The Steelers beat up on the Ravens 26 to 9. The Bengals whooped the Browns 31 to 7. And the Te- oh, no. Let me save the Texans game for last because my god, I just have to shout out Deshaun Watson and the things that he did last week. The Rams beat the Cowboys 35 to 30 in Dallas. The Lions beat the um, Vikings 14 to 7. The Saints shut out the Dolphins in London 20 to 0. What the fuck were the Dolphins doing? The Saints have the trashiest defense ever and you couldn't score a point on them. That's just unfathomable. Like, if you're a Dolphins fan, you should be so upset and so embarrassed. And Adam Gase, like, my nigga, what the fuck? You you cannot 
let yourself get shut out by the Saints defense. When I say the Saints defense is trash, that is not me on some Atlanta Falcons like rival bullshit. That is some real ass truth. Like, look at the fucking numbers. These niggas can't stop shit. And yet, the Dolphins couldn't do anything to get past them. Like, they had so many three and outs during that game that it's just like they forgot who they were playing. There's there's no reason why a single team in the NFL should let the, the Saints defense shut them out. But the thank you, Dolphins, because you did it. Um, the Packers beat the Bears 35 to 14. The Bills beat the Falcons 23-17. Another crazy game came down to the last um, minute of the game where the Falcons just uh, just just couldn't get it together. Um, the Panthers went to Foxborough and beat the Patriots. They got another home loss. The score ended up being 33-30. That game was a shootout between Cam Newton and Tom Brady. Um, and then finally, uh, I said I was going to save this for last because the Sean Watson, my God, what that child did this week against Tennessee, the Texans beat the Titans 57 to 14. Deshaun Watson was balling. Now, mind you, I shouted out Deshaun Watson a few weeks ago when he won the start because he originally was not the starting quarterback this season for the Texans. He won the start over Tom Savage. Um, um, And he came in and he's just like putting the team on his back. Um, This young man from Georgia uh, played at Clemson. Um, Again, I mentioned how much I really do like Deshaun Watson because he is a Georgia boy, but he's super talented. Went up, um, went, you know, in this game and just went crazy. He had four touchdowns, almost 300 yards. He only threw for one interception, you know, four to one um, touchdown interception ratio is, is like some, some vet shit. And he did that shit and he was running all over the place and throwing all over the place and, just doing some some really good things, so it has to feel like good times in Houston right now, y'all. I'm I'm sure my Houston fans, if you're listening, I'm sure that y'all are just like hanging from the chandelier. Y'all have finally feel like y'all have quarterback, and you probably don't know what to do with yourselves. But yeah, Deshaun Watson is the one. Um, <clears throat> the NFL Players of the Week for Week Four. He was named the AFC Player of the Week. Um, I, I did mention that I was going to make my own Jazzy Bell pl- picks for players of the week every episode. Um, and they were going to be different from who the NFL chose. But this week, I just can't do it. I have to give it to Deshaun Watson because he was just that good. So I do want to shout him out as my player of the week. Um, Cam Hayward won the defensive player of the week. Cam Hayward from Pittsburgh. He had two sacks and a fumble recovery. And Steven Hauschka of the Bills, who was perfect. Um, against the Falcons won their special teams player of the week in the NFC we had Todd Gurley of the Rams he had a really good game um Todd Gurley's finally looking the way that they expected him to look you know last year um he didn't really put up the numbers that everybody was was looking for from him um but I think he's you know he he's making up for it so he had a game this week uh so you got nfc player of the week the um offensive player of the week defensive player of the week was julius pepper's old ass um in carolina he got two sacks on tom brady um julius peppers i think uh i don't want to be wrong on this but i'm pretty sure with uh his this is his seventh time being chosen to be um 
the NFC Defensive Player of the Week, and I think that that is a record. I'm going to check that and let you guys know, but Julius Peppers has been playing this game for a long-ass time, and that old-ass nigga hasn't lost a step, so good on him. And then finally, Greg Zierlin, um of the Rams was the special team player of the week. So, yeah, week four was a lot of fun. Um, it wasn't particularly fun for me as a Falcons fan because the Falcons were the only NFC team who lost. Uh, but, yeah, some, some good things checking out in week four. We're heading into week five. A few teams have bye weeks, uh, got their early bye weeks. The Falcons do not play this week. The Washington Redskins do not play. Denver Broncos and the New Orleans Saints are all on a bye. So when I make my picks, you will not hear those teams, but do not be alarmed. It's their bye week. You know, here we are. Like, we're we're in it. Like, the season, we're, we're in this shit now. Um, so... Just want to talk about some of the week four news. Um, so we're going to keep our eye and see if we have any more player protests. Uh, I also want to talk about some of the, the big injuries that are going to um, start to to make an impact in week four. Marcus Mariota and Derek Carr, um, quarterbacks in Tennessee and Oakland, respectively, both went out with injuries. Um, Mar- Mariota's probably going to be out for about six weeks. Um, and Derek Carr, it could be anywhere from one to six weeks. I don't know how the time span is so different. He has like a, um, they call it a traverse process. It's, it's, ba- it's a back injury, basically. Um, it's some shit that Tony Romo used to get all the time that would take this nigga out. Sometimes he was out for a week. Sometimes he was out for six. So, um, in Oakland, um, they're going to let their backup, who is EJ Manuel, he's just going to step up, next man up, and um, fill in for Derek Carr while he's gone. Mariota um, in Tennessee, they decided to take a look at um, some few quarterbacks, and they ended up signing Brandon Whedon. Um, so let's uh, let's let's talk about Brandon Whedon getting signed. Um, because of course, anytime a fucking quarterback gets signed, the question is always going to be, why did he get signed and not Colin Kaepernick? So Brendan Whedon's a few years older than Colin Kaepernick. He has fewer starts. He has fewer wins, has more interceptions. He has fewer touchdowns. So when you look at like everything that you want in a fucking quarterback and every stat in every way, you line Brendan Whedon and Colin Kaepernick up pound for pound. And Colin Kaepernick is better than Brendan Whedon in every way. So if that was your question, there's your answer. Yes. Colin Kaepernick is better than Brendan Whedon in every way. Um, uh, you're going to see a few people with, with the cop out, like, well, Brendan Whedon is going to be a better fit to their offensive scheme. That's bullshit. Um, that's going to be something that you're going to hear, you know, a lot of people say for a lot of these teams, well, it doesn't make sense for them to sign Colin Kaepernick because he wouldn't fit in their scheme. All right. So, uh, the reason why that's such bullshit is because Colin Kaepernick is a versatile quarterback. Um, now you'll never sit me, you'll never hear me sit on this podcast and say that Colin Kaepernick is just like the greatest quarterback ever. But again, he's no bum. And he's definitely one of those players that can adjust his playing style to fit the offensive scheme that he's handed. And we've seen him do it. Like we saw him adjust to Chip Kelly's scheme in San Francisco. 
Um, so it's not like it's something that he can't do. So for people to use this cop out to be like, you know, he can't fit the scheme. I'm tired of hearing that shit. Y'all niggas need to come up with something with something else. Y'all owners, y'all analysts, you know, you scouts, y'all agents, y'all got to come the fuck up with something better than he can't fit the scheme because that's bullshit. We all know it. Y'all know it. So stop feeding it to us and just, you know, and just keep it real, man. If, if you... <clears throat> stand in your trash ass decisions um this is gonna come back to bite them in the ass like i will be very surprised if i have to come on this motherfucker and say oh you guys burning wheat and had a game uh it's just it's just not gonna happen and and it's um it's getting tired and it's been infuriating and I think, you know, a lot of us are really just waiting on pins and needles for these teams to just get off the bullshit and and sign this man. He said that he wants to play. He's continued to work out. He's in football shape. So for him to, to not be getting any looks when we have quarterbacks still going down, you know, y'all are in need and y'all are still ignoring this nigga just the fuck to ignore him. It's it's on my nerves. Um so we'll see what Brandon Whedon does in Tennessee, but I'm not expecting uh, anything great from him. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. What else did I say? I wanted to make sure I want to talk about. Oh, uh, Danny Trevathan, the Chicago linebacker, is suspended. It was initially two games. They pushed his uh, suspension down for one for a hit on um, Green Bay's Devontae Adams. Uh, I was watching that game and I saw that hit, and it was. It was fucked up. Like that was that was what you call a, a textbook dirty hit. The way he hit the the way that he tackled that man, uh, he, I felt like he should have been ejected from the game immediately. But um, I did a little research, and apparently, like that's not a thing. I I thought that it was. Like I thought that you know hits like that could get you ejected from the game but no they they go back and look at the shit and then they decide that you have to sit out for the next couple of games so initially they um gave him a two game suspension um but they they lessened it down to one um i think it should definitely be more than that you know the nfl wants to talk about how they're so concerned with player safety that's not sending the right message you you cannot allow these players to think that hits like that are even remotely okay like not only did he have to go out of the game but he was in the hospital um for like a real ass concussion like not just like the surface concussion protocol shit and i don't even want to say like this the surface concussion protocol shit like it's not that like they're not impactful because they definitely are um all concussions are just just terrible injuries man and when you think about this the CTE that probably 99, if not every single player that plays in the NFL is going to have to deal with at some point. Um, you you can't let players think that that hidden hidden um, and tackles this way are, are going to be a thing that flies. Man, you're 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 definitely putting players uh, at at huge risk of some some really scary fucking injuries. Um, if you let shit like that go down and I don't think one, one game is long enough as a, of a suspension to scare these players and to, to, you know, to keep them in line and keep them in check from doing shit like that. Um, 
So, yeah, if it were on me, he'd probably get a four-game suspension, four to six, easily, and have to pay a fine. And I'd make him pay Devontae Adams' hospital bills. Uh, Like, I don't know, all manner of shit. But he'd have to do more than just sit out for one game. So, Danny Trevathan, congratulations. You're a piece of shit. I hope you don't ever hit anybody like that ever again. Um... And if you do, I, I just hope that all manner of terrible things happen to you. Um, <laughs> in Chicago, Mitch Trubisky has won the start. And I wanted to make sure that I did say his name correctly once so that you guys will actually know what it is. You'll never hear me say it again. I do call him Mitsubishi. Um, not because that's his name, but because... I don't know. When I was watching the draft and they drafted him, I heard somebody say Chicago chose Mitsubishi and it just kind of stuck. And now I, whenever I see him, I just say Mitsubishi. But his name is Mitch Trubisky. And um, yeah, he's one to start over Mike Glennon in Chicago. So we'll see how he does up there. Um, he can't be worse than Mike Glennon, who's their previous quarterback that they signed from Tampa Bay, who he had been the backup down there for years. So he was the one starting those games and um, you know, he, he, mm, Chicago was winning some games, but it wasn't off the strength of Mike Glennon and what he was doing. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll keep our eyes on Mitch Trubisky and see what he does. And then lastly, with the news, um, I just want to note that Doug Martin in Tampa Bay is back from suspension. Uh, he had a four game suspension <clears throat> for, um, smoking marijuana. Uh, this was his second time. Doug Martin just, you know, can't, he just can't leave the weed alone. Uh, but he went to rehab. He served his suspension. So he'll be back this week. He's, uh, really, really, really fucking good running back. Um, he's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, he's a fun guy. You know, he, you know, Doug Martin's a fun guy. I feel like we'd have, we'd, <laughs> we'd be able to have a good time. Um, but yeah, so it's going to help, help Tampa Bay to have him back. They're already doing some pretty dope-ass things down there on offense. So, it is not going to be easy for these defenses defenses now to scheme for Tampa. Now that Doug Martin is back in the fold. Um, so, when we look towards the week four, I mean, sorry, the week five games. Let me just go ahead and um, talk about a couple of matchups. And let you guys know who your fantasy starts and sits. Starts and sits should be. Ooh, I was about to say, say starts and shits like twice. I don't know where that's coming from. Starts and sits. So, quarterbacks this week that you want to uh, make sure you start. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is probably going to have a, a ball against Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, a couple of analysts are saying you might want to start Dak Prescott if you have him. Make sure you start him against the Green Bay Packers because their defense isn't going to be that great. They're allowing a lot of fantasy points to quarterbacks on the road. Um, and Dak Prescott did beat that same defense for three touch touchdowns in the um, playoff game not too long ago. So, uh, you might. I don't think Green Bay is going to let Dak Prescott have a day. But we'll see. I think if anything, um, Ezekiel Elliott's gonna be the one. Uh, I think they're gonna run, um, you know, pretty much run all over, uh, all over um, Dallas. I mean, sorry, all over Green Bay. But we'll see. Uh, definitely want to start Jameis Winston against the Patriots because the Patriots with this defense, like they're uh, they're almost at some 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 historic 
historically bad, like New Orleans Saints type levels. Um, I don't know what Bill Belichick's gonna do down there, but yeah, for this week, you definitely want to start Jameis Winston against the Patriots defense because he's gonna have a a day. Um, they're they're giving up hella passing yards. Um, New Orleans, I'm sorry, New England's defense. So go ahead and start Jameis that uh the quarterback against him this week. Um, Deshaun Watson against Kansas City. Uh. <clears throat> He's, he's hot right now, so you definitely don't want to keep him on your bench. You know, you might see him against that Kansas City defense and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to sit him this week because Kansas City defense might be able to hold him off. But, nah, he's still – he's still – keep him in your starting lineup. Um, and then, um, let's see, uh, that, that might be it for my quarterbacks. I, I think if you have Russell Wilson against the Rams, you want to put him on your bench this week. Uh, I don't think that Cam is going to go off against Detroit this week. Um, they're not giving up a ton of points to to not they're not giving up a ton of fantasy points to quarterbacks Detroit is it so you might want to sit Cam you know he had a great week last week but this is not this this not, it's not gonna look like that this week um the same thing with Tyrod Taylor like he's been having and you know pretty good weeks but even though he had a, a good week last week you probably want to make sure you sit him against the Bengals and start somebody else uh the same thing with Jared Goff even though you know, he had a, he, they've been doing some good things in, in LA. He's been, you know, balling. He's been pretty solid. This isn't the week that you want to, um, have him on your fantasy squad with my running backs. Um, I think that, uh, let me see, run defenses. Um, who's playing Detroit? Who's playing Detroit Lions? Um, Carolina. Oh, yeah. So, like, Cam Newton might not smack. Like he's, they're not gonna let the quarterback throw all over them, but they're they're gonna get some runs. So if you have Christian McCaffrey, um, or Jonathan Stewart, you know you you want to start them against Detroit this week. Um, you want to start Frank Gore uh, against his old team. He's going into San Francisco. Uh, he's probably gonna run all over them. That's gonna be a good game. Um, who you want to make sure is on your bench as far as your running backs go this week. Uh, um, Oakland, let's see, um, yeah, who, whoever's playing Oakland, I think it's Minnesota this week, no, the Ravens, the Ravens are playing, um, Oakland, so you want to sit your, your Ravens running backs, Oakland's not gonna let them, them boys run over them, um, and LeGarrette Blunt in Arizona, um, he ran all over the place last week against the Chargers, so that might tempt you to put him in your starting lineup this week, but Arizona's not going to let them do that. So, yeah, beware of LeGarrette Blunt this week uh, with your wide receivers. Keep your eyes on injuries. If you have Julio Jones in your lineup, make sure you put him on your bench. He's injured. He'll probably be out this week. Um, you do want to start Larry Fitzgerald against the Eagles. Uh He's always a good matchup against them. Um, and, you know, the Eagles, they, they're they playing some good ball, but they're not playing their best against um, number one wide receivers. So go ahead and start Larry Fitzgerald this week. Um, uh, Adam Thielen, um, you've probably had him on your bench if you have him, but you might want to put him back in your lineup this week against Chicago. He'll probably go off. Uh, Deshaun Jackson in Tampa Bay against the Patriots. 
Uh, if you were thinking about that one, I'm going to go ahead and give you the green light on him. Um, some interesting sits. I think Cooper, for real, Amari Cooper in Oakland. You want to sit him down um, against Baltimore. Uh, he, he, I don't see him having too much of a great starting rapport with EJ Manuel coming in for Derek Carr. So sit Amari Cooper down this week. Um, like I said, if you you're going, you want to bench Cam against Detroit, that means you also want to bench those wide receivers. So Kelvin Benjamin can take a seat this week. Uh, Sammy Watkins in LA, you might be tempted to start him. I personally would sit him against the Seahawks this week, but you know, you might, you might, well, you might want to put him in on flex, um, and see what he does. Uh, that'll be taking a gamble, but it might pay off. You know, go, go for what you know on, on that one. Um, your tight ends, eh, for the most part, none of them are too notable, but I might, I will say Cameron Bright. In Tampa against uh, that New England's defense because again the Patriots are giving up just so many yards. So just like everybody that Jameis can throw the ball to, if you have them on your team, start them. So they're tight end Cameron Bright. You want to um, make sure that you do start him this week. Um, and then um, just for some like defenses, uh, the Lions. As I said, you know, they're, they're probably going to have a pretty good defensive game against Cam. So, that would be a good defense this week. Um, and um, the Bills defense uh, is doing some really good things that I think not too many people expected them to do. But they're one of the tops in the NFL, if not the number one defense right now. So, they were available. Um, they're, they're, they're available in a few leagues. So, the Bills... Defense is still available in your league. Go and pick them up and make sure that you start them. Um, the Texans and the Kansas City game is going to be an offensive matchup. So, if you have either of their defenses, I wouldn't be uh, too they're, – they're probably both going to end up busting. Like, though, that's going to be an offensive shootout. So, don't don't be too high up on either the Texans or the Kansas City um, defense this week. Uh, and the last thing that I am going to talk about before I give you guys my game picks of the week. I know a lot of you probably have tuned in just for this and that's fine. Um, cause I have to rip Cam Newton a new one. Um, this is difficult for me because I have been a fan of Cam Newton for a really, 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 really long time. And I'm not even just saying that shit just to say that shit. Like, I remember when this nigga was at Westlake High School in Atlanta playing football. Um, his brother, Kalen, went to my high school. You know, not not while I was there because, of course, he's like a baby now. But he went to my high school. He went to Grady. He was balling out. Now he goes to my uh, my alma mater, Howard University, and he's balling. I just have a lot of love for the Newtons. I have a lot of love for their family. I just love Cam Newton so much, and I hate that he continues to disappoint me by being so fucking stupid. Um, what's funny is before before the episode came out, literally this shit storm just happened hours before. I I'm recording this episode. So all of this is shit that I'm not even that I wasn't even supposed to be talking about. But alas, here we are, because in the press conference today, Cam Newton fixed his face to tell 
um, Jordan Rodrigue, who is a female beat reporter in Carolina, um, that she asked him a question about Devin Funches and his route running. And Cam Newton started giggling and said that it's funny to hear a female talking about routes. Um, and it's outra- I'm I am outraged. Uh, the fact that Jordan Rodriguez is a beat reporter is very, very, very important to this, to this whole thing, because she's not just somebody that, you know, comes in on the fly to just ask whatever question and put it in a little column. NFL beat reporters follow the team everywhere. And she's been doing this for over a year. Okay. So it's her, it's her job to be the one to, to come in. You know, while they're practicing, three hours during practice, covering all the games. She's there after every practice. She's talking to all the coaches. She's talking to all the players. She's going over game plans. And this is what this woman does for a living. Every day. This is what she does every day. You've seen her in your press room for a year. And so she's asking you, you know, this question about Devin Funches' route, it wasn't even that motherfucking complex a question. And you're going to say that it was funny to hear her talking about routes? Like, that's not this woman's job? Are you fucking stupid? Like, are you kidding me? And and what was so crazy is that I went back and I watched the video, right? And he said, oh, it's funny to hear a female talking about routes in a room full of people. The room was fucking silent. Nobody else was laughing, Cam. That should have been your first indication that no, nigga, the shit is not funny. Like, not at all. Why would it be funny to hear somebody talk about the shit that is their job to fucking talk about? This is not your average woman off the street. This is not even your average football fan. She's a motherfucking sports journalist. Furthermore, she's a fucking beat reporter. Like her her job is to cover you and your team specifically. Why the fuck do you think that she wouldn't know to ask you about routes? <clears throat> And I think that is it it was even worse. It had an insult to injury that he didn't say it's funny to hear a woman, but to hear a female. Like anytime any nigga, white, black, Mexican, tall, black, fat, whatever, anytime any man says females, it's always ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of the time in a fucked up, derogatory, misogynistic way. Because just say woman, like I, a female what nigga I could be a female any anything um and and you would never have said it's funny to hear a male talking a male you know he didn't say reporter he didn't you know it, and and that was the other thing that got me because you know after the after the the backlash and after everybody on Twitter started talking about it and then we have you know other players who want to jump in with their dumbass twin two cent um including former Falcons player Roddy White and and when I tell you guys that I screamed out in my living room, no, Roddy, what are you doing? Delete it. Because he was like, I don't see what's so wrong with what Cam said. I mean, yeah, this shit is funny. It was funny the first time for me, too. Like, no, nigga. It's, why? Why is it funny? This is this woman's job. And then Brian Fennerin, <clears throat> another former soccer player, he was replying to Roddy White. And I think that what he said was was really interesting. And it, it honestly added perspective 
for me, even though it was fucked up what he said. He was like, you know, um, when we Brian Finner is told Roddy White, like, nah, you my my dude, you can't say you can't say shit like that. Like, even though we think it, you can't say it. You can't say it to the to the woman in the room. You can't say it to the little the small guy with the glasses, aka the nerd. You can't say it to the quote unquote, and this is Brian Finner's word, the overweight mess. So he's saying and he's noting that when these players see People who wouldn't, who they don't think would typically play the game of football. So when they see a woman or when they see an overweight miss in Brian Finneran's words, or they see the little nerdy guy, when they're asking them these, these detailed questions about the game, Brian Finneran noted that it's funny to these players that these people are asking them these types of questions. At least Brian Finneran noted that even if you're thinking in your mind that it's funny to you, you want to make sure that you don't say that shit because it's fucked up to say. First of all, there are tons of men, sports journalists, analysts, men, commentators who've never picked up a football. And I mean, not not once. They've never held one in their hand. They don't know. They wouldn't know what to do. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have the strength. They, they just couldn't do it. And yet, they come and they ask you questions about the games and the in and outs of everything having to do with the game every day. And that shit isn't funny to you. So why is it funny when a fat man or a nerd or a woman is asking you these same fucking questions? I don't have to ever have played football in my life to understand the fucking game. I'm not stupid. You might be stupid, but I'm not. Like, it's, it's, and it's not even... It's not even, <laughs> excuse me, that fucking difficult of games. There are a lot of nuances to football. There are a lot of intricacies to football. That is true. But at the very base of it, for you to say that a woman, that it's funny to you that a, a woman can talk football or understand the game makes you sound like the stupidest motherfucker ever. And... What's really unfortunate is that it just it just lends itself to like this larger issue that I wish that more men would really get is that, um, you know, I, I didn't want to make this podcast a woman loves sports to podcast for a reason because I I hate that narrative. I hate that shit. Every single football season, I find myself having to defend my fandom, having to defend my football knowledge, having to 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 prove it and and I'm I'm not doing that shit anymore like I said a couple of years ago like nah if that's what y'all if, if that's what you want from me you need to look somewhere else because you're not getting that shit from me I'm not proving shit to you motherfuckers about what I know and what I don't what I love and why I fucking love this game I understand this shit when I'm watching the game I'm not cheering because I like the colors I'm not cheering because Cam Newton's cute I'm not cheering because they look good in their pants I'm cheering because for the same reason that y'all ass is niggas what the fuck and and it's like when you're when you're a woman in sports period whether you're a fan and I can't even speak to what I'm sure the level of bullshit that these that female sports journalists go through um every day is that you know we're we're constantly having to like prove ourselves and this shit is tiring as fuck like you you come in the room and you're like oh yeah I'm a woman I love football All, all right well fucking uh, oh, you love football so much, huh? Well, tell me, you know, who were the playoff teams in 1976 NFL playoffs? Like, nigga, what the fuck? You would never 
ask a man who walked in the room and, and said that I'm a football fan. You would never ask him that fucking question. Don't ask me to prove my shit. Y'all don't have to prove shit to you. I learned this game the same way your ass did. And when you have this platform and you want to, you know, you, you want to Cam Newton, you know, spent all last week when all this, uh, this social inequality and social justice protests, he put up a, a black power piss and, and all of that and it was like this is about black power this is about equality nigga equality spans past racism and that's another thing that I want a lot of you dumbass people to understand is that we're talking about the same shit um if if someone had said to Cam Newton it's funny to me to see a black man being a quarterback in the NFL because that was rare or uncommon or because they didn't think that black men had the 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 mental capacity to be a quarterback he would lose his shit but you turned around and basically did the exact same thing and the fact that these people don't understand that they're doing the same thing is so fucked up to me sexism and misogyny is just as fucked up as racism people it, I mean, it really is. It really is. And if you're a man, that it, particularly if you're a black man, that may be difficult for you to understand. It seems to be difficult for for a lot of you to understand because you keep doing dumbass shit like this. And I don't know. I, I don't want to be the one to have to preach to you to you to get you guys to understand the shit like all the shit that people go that we go through as black people. Women go through some fucked up shit too. And as a black woman, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm, I'm tired of having to fight against racist white people or racist whatever people. And I'm tired of having to fight against sexist, um, black men and white men. It's like the shit is coming from all sides. And in Jordan Rodriguez's case, of course she's not a black woman, but you know, it doesn't matter. She's still a, she's still a woman in a male dominated industry. And so you're a black quarterback. Like you're you're a black man in a quote unquote white man's uh historically dominated uh, profession or industry so you you should be a little more fucking sensitive cam newton like i'm i'm beyond disappointed i'm disgusted i'm i'm outraged like i said because i cannot believe that he did this and then not only he do do it after the fact she's she um she jordan stated she's made a statement that she went up to him like you know what the fuck was up with that and he didn't apologize like he didn't he didn't show any remorse or see anything wrong with his comments he still has not apologized for the shit even after these hours and hours of backlash so it's like like we're telling you it's fucked up and you still don't want to acknowledge that what you did was fucked up what you said was fucked up that it made no sense that you're alienating female fans and um and these female reporters who are just trying to motherfucking do their job like that shit is just beyond, it's, it's just, it's just, it's, it's fucked up. And it's, I have a headache right now. You know, my blood pressure's up. I've been sick. I don't have time for this shit. Like, 
Think about the things that you're saying before you say that shit. Think about the message that you're putting out there. Your platform is way too big and too huge for you to spew out ignorant bullshit. It just is, Cam Newton. You got to do better, baby. This is not the first time that you've done some stupid ass shit. This is not the first sexist comment that you made, which makes it even more disappointing. So, you you just got to get it together. You have women fans who love watching you play this game. I was going to make him my um, shout out of the week because he actually, y'all know how I am about NFL history and records and motherfuckers breaking records. Cam Newton broke a uh, NFL record last week. He he ran um for fifty touchdowns and he became the first quarterback in NFL history to rush for that many quarterbacks. I wanted to shout that shit from the from the from the mountaintops and shoot firecrackers and, and you just like took all the wind out of how excited I am that you're getting your shit back together. I feel like you're playing back on your MVP level. I want to cheer for you. I want to root for you because I love you and you just make it hard because you stupid as fuck. Stop being stupid, Cam Newton. You're making my life hard as a fan and I don't like it. Stop being stupid. And for anybody listening, if you think that it's funny to hear female professional sports journalists Talk about motherfucking sports that they're paid to cover and that they cover every day. Bitch, don't listen to me. This show ain't for you because I don't like stupid people. And I don't want you to have the benefit of my voice and my opinions on this game, you stupid bitches. So, that's all I have to say about that because, like I said, I really do have a headache with this shit. It's, 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 it's fucked up and I'm over it. Um, I will... Let you guys know if Cam Newton issues an apology. But to be honest, at this point, I feel like fuck your apology because I feel like you'd only be saying it because of the backlash. You don't, you're not really sorry for what you said. You still believe that shit. It was funny to you. And, it you know, hopefully you will learn from this. But you can keep your fake ass apology as far as I'm concerned. Like the um, NFL already issued a statement. They were like, nope, we condemn it. Cool. Panthers, uh, to this point, they haven't issued any statement, but the NFL Professional Writers Association, they were like, uh, come on, you, you, you can't fucking say shit like that. So, you know, the statements are going to come, empty ass statements, but I'm sure tons of players share his same sentiment. And I hope that this is a message to you niggas that like that. That's just not shit. is just not cool, man. Um, women are almost half of the NFL fan base. We are 45% of the fan base. We're not like this isn't this is 1960. This is 1970. In 2017, women are a huge, huge, huge part of the NFL fan base. So you need to fucking check yourself cam newtons of the world um and get your mind right and and grow the fuck up and stop being so goddamn ignorant when i watch this game nigga i know what the fuck i'm watching and when i talk about this game i know what the fuck i'm talking about and so does every woman in that press room doing her job to report about your motherfucking ass and your job just like you know you feel like you know what you're doing she does too so do not insult these women Okay, get your fucking shit together. Ugh. All right. I'm done for real. Let me go ahead and make my picks for week five. Um, <laughs> some good matchups coming up. Um, I don't know if we can call 
Tampa Bay and um, New England. I I don't know if that, this is an upset or not, but I think that Tampa Bay is going to win that game. Again, just because t- uh, New England's defense is playing like trash. So I think that um, at the end of week five, New England's going to end up with a losing record. I think that the Giants will finally win their first game. I think they will beat the Chargers. I got Miami over Tennessee, Pittsburgh over Jacksonville. I think Cleveland's going to go ahead and win them a game. Uh, I think they'll beat the Jets. Uh, Carolina in in Detroit. I'm going to go ahead and choose Carolina in that game. I wish Cam could lose as some form of karmic retribution. Excuse me. But I do think that they're going to win. Buffalo's going to beat Cincinnati. Got the Eagles over Arizona. The Colts over San Francisco. Um, I I got the Rams over Seattle. This is going to be a good game. It's an NFC West division matchup. The Rams are doing good things. And if they win this game, this is going to signify, I think, a shift in the NFC West. So we'll definitely have our eyes on that. Um, Baltimore is going to be Oakland. I think it's going to take a minute for the team and, and everybody just kind of get used to Derek Carr not being there to him being out with his injury. Green Bay and Dallas. That's going to be a good game. It's a rematch of a divisional playoff, um, from last season. Green Bay beat them in the postseason, and I think they're going to beat them this week. We'll see. Uh, Chicago is going to beat Minnesota. And lastly, my game of the week, I think it's going to be Houston versus Kansas City. That is going to be a good-ass motherfucking game. Um, <clears throat> it could swing either way, but I'm going to make my pick in favor of Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. So, we'll see um, what we what we do. Now, the last picks that I made on the show, just so you guys know, I went 13 for 3. Um, so your girl's back on her shit when she be knowing what she talking about uh, after week one's dismal nine and seven display. Um, so we'll see how I do with my picks for week five. And let me go ahead and uh, it's almost an hour. So I'm going to go ahead and get ready to close this thing out. I am super excited to bring you guys this why I love the game. It comes from... Um, a great friend of mine. I call him twin because we have the same birthday. Um, I, I just love him so much. He's He's been a great friend of mine. He's in D.C. He and his beautiful wife, uh, they, they just have special places in my heart. So this letter is from Mr. Brandon Carroll. Um, you all will know him as Brandon on Twitter. Uh, if you follow football twitter uh you've definitely seen him around he is a diehard cowboys fan and so we're gonna let him tell us in his own words how all of that came about hello everyone my name is brandon better known as brandon diehard football fan diehard cowboys fan football has been in my life since i was three years old both of my parents love football and that rubbed off on me early the compute the confusing part for most it's how both of my parents are Washington Redskins fans, and I ended up a Cowboys fan. To tell the truth, as a three-year-old, my favorite color was blue, and I used to always try to draw stars. So, that's how it started. I had no idea about the rivalry or how popular the Cowboys were. I just knew that that's who I liked. My parents told me when I first told them I liked the Cowboys, they told me no, and I just cried until I got my way. And I haven't looked back since. 
Being a Cowboys fan in the heart of Redskins country has always been funny. Anytime I wear Cowboys gear, I always get a, you got the wrong shirt on, at least once. Every time. I just ignore it now, mainly because in my experience, the majority of Redskins fans don't really know that much about football anyway. They just know they love their team because they're from D.C. and they hate the Cowboys. It's been a roller coaster ride during my time as a Cowboys fan. Not many highs outside of the regular season. Many, many, many lows. It's probably at my lowest when I actually went to Dallas this past January for the playoffs. It was my first time ever attending an NFL playoff game. So as you can imagine, seeing my boys lose in such a heartbreaking fashion when I was in the building was quite depressing. The game planning side of it. As I've gotten older, I started watching game film. Shout out to NFL Game Pass. I love seeing the different looks defenses come out in and how the QB does or doesn't notice where the blitz is coming from or the QB making the perfect audible or hot route. But I really love watching wide receivers versus cornerbacks on film. The stat sheet doesn't always tell the full story in wide receiver versus cornerback battles. Sometimes the wide receiver may win big on a route and the QB goes somewhere else or overthrows him. Sometimes the cornerback may be great in coverage and allow that extra second or two for the defensive line to get to the QB. It's so much more than just catches, receiving yards, and touchdowns for wide receivers and interceptions and pass breakups for cornerbacks. Growing up, my favorite NFL player was Chad Ochocinco Johnson. He was one of the best route runners I've ever seen. Seeing him go up against some of the best DBs in the game was always fun to watch. Even when he wasn't getting 100 plus yards and doing his infamous end zone celebrations, watching him run routes was a sight to see. These days, two of my favorite wide receivers to watch are Antonio Brown and A.J. Green, both great route runners, great hands, and A.J. Green is one of the better block and wide receivers in the league. Football will always be a big part of my life. Few things better than kicking back on Sunday, putting on NFL Red Zone or one of the better games that week, and having a nice cold beer. Thanks for listening and cheers for the rest of the season. Brandon, brother, that was a great letter. And it's so funny. Y'all, he sent this in. This was supposed to be the read a letter for week three. And it's so funny that it ended up being the the letter for this week with all his talks about routes. <laughs> Um, it's just, you know, it's funny how the universe works out sometimes, you dig? Um, but yeah, he's right. And I appreciate that letter because that's also one of my favorite parts about the game. Uh, the wide receiver versus the cornerback battle. Um, shout outs to him and his favorite wide receivers. Uh, Chad Ochocinco, who he's right, is a, was a great route runner. Um, and always a lot of fun to watch. Shout outs to, um, his wide receiver, his faves to watch. Antonio Brown and AJ Green. I appreciate him being a Cowboys fan, but understanding that, you know, you you can be a diehard fan of your team and still have favorite players in the league because they're just, you know, they're just great. They're just great players. So thank you, Brother Brandon. Um, you can catch him on Twitter at Brandon, B-R-A-N-N-I-N. Um, and catch up with him. See him on Sundays. He's always talking football. He's one of the more intelligent uh people 
on Twitter with their football takes. So I always shout out to him. I always enjoy seeing his football tweets. And um, you also want to check him out with his involvement with We Got Leagues. And you can find more information about We Got Leagues from Brandon on his page. So thanks, you guys. Uh, it's been a good it's been a good episode. I sorry for the rant, but I had to get that shit off my chest. Um, so uh, yeah, we're gonna go ahead and close the thing out. I hope you guys have a good week. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Please do not forget to send in your questions, your opinions, your analysis, your why I love the game letters to the bill on ball at gmail.com so that you can be featured in one of our episodes. I look forward to hearing from you guys. Love you lots. Sorry for the wait, but thanks for tuning back in. See you guys next week.